Hello and welcome to Side Dish, your podcast about Longmont, all the stuff you want to know and very little that you need to know. I am Eric Ozempa. And I am Brady Steffel. Hey, Brady, how you doing? Pretty good. Pretty yeah. Good. How, you, how, how you? <laughs> how you? I'm how doing you well. Doing? I'm yeah, doing good. well. Yeah. News. Weekend was pretty good and mm-hmm. a lot of events, a lot of stuff going on in the Ozempa household, but nothing really? I can really say, which is kind of even makes it more frustrating, but yeah. You just can't talk about it. You got like mystery stuff going on. I got mystery house? stuff going on. I'm sworn to secrecy, so I can't say certain things. So oh. it's really it's really frustrating. Oh. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of frustrating. Although I will tell you that my daughter is you know, you've met Madeline before, and yep. so she and her partner are moving into a house um, uh-huh. tomorrow. Yeehaw! Cool. Tomorrow? Wednesday. Sorry, Wednesday. That's that's always exciting. That's an exciting, exciting. Yeah. So they're yeah, living out in glorious Mead. Mead will be that next community that i predict everybody will be like what the heck i could see it i could see it when we lived in charlottesville in virginia um charlottesville went bonkers it was like it is here now it was voted number one city by somebody in the u.s for a while and then they were like oh hey there's this town called i know it's crozet or something but i would always call it closet because it was i was just being obtuse that's yeah, so i would call it closet um no, I can't even think of how you pronounce it now because I called it Crosby for so long. But that just started exploding. And I could definitely see me doing the same thing where it's like never going to have as many amenities as um, a larger city, but grows and is a, a, a cute, fun community in its own right. So yeah, uh, that'd be cool. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's really cool. It's an exciting time in their life. Um, I know you have purchased a few homes in your time and it's kind of I've one purchased- of those... Yo, I thought you did one before. Sorry. No, this is it. Yeah, it's, a, it's an anxiety-ridden time, kind of. Yeah. You know, you're signed tons of documents, and you go, wow, okay, uh, this is freaking me out. Well, <laughs> you never have anybody ask you for that, that level of financial detail before. It's just like, give me all your, like, all the stock receipts you've got, <laughs> and your, you know, what's your credit score? Make sure to get that verified, and then go back. and It's like, wow, okay. Uh, and then you, you get this tome to, to sign, and you're just like, all right, my wrist is cramping. My hand, I can understand why presidents over the course of their tenure, their their signature just turns into mush because you're just like writing the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, and then also they go like, here's the keys and hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. So like, thanks. I know. Actually, I think buying a car is worse though. I will tell you that. Yeah. So I think uh, just the whole rigmarole, it's just, oh. Drives me crazy, but again, yeah, I mean, only bought one house, so I can't really speak from vast experience. So I'll give a shout out to Frontier Honda; they got us in in and out pretty quick. I I, I am of the mindset: do all of your haggling ahead of time mm-hmm. as much as you can. Find the car you want, leave the place, haggle online or on the phone or whatever. Go back and say, I don't want anything, and I don't, I mean, nothing else. Get this going. Here, I have like almost eight hundred credit score. Just like knock this out, please. So. um yeah. Anyway, there you go. Let's let's talk about Longmont. Let's see what Longmont's got going. <laughs> Car buying. <laughs> hey, all right. So let's go around the buzz around town. For people who have not listened to us, I did want to reiterate what we kind of do. We plan to do. Sometimes we get sidetracked, but what we plan to do is give kind of a buzz. Some of the updates of the things that are going on in town, like restaurants, you know, businesses, that sort of thing, and then we kind of do events at the end of the end of the uh, segment, at the end of the podcast, and between that, we try to have a guest. So, but you know, we've been kind of off the rails with the pandemic and sometimes we adhere to that kind of uh, format or we don't. So, but today I'm proud to say we are. So 
uh, buzz around town. We're <laughs> <laughs> doing the bare minimum, everybody. Exactly. Eric's happy. Yeah, great. I am happy. So I wanted to report. Um, we got a couple of things going on, but um, there's a new coffee house on Francis and Eleventh called Cuppa House. It's not. Doesn't look like it's open yet, but it is uh, promises to be coffee and tea, uh, bobo tea, and also ice cream. So huh. probably also appealing to that high school crowd that uh, you know sure. is, is there most of the time. Um, but I I found it fascinating. It was coffee and tea, and then also bobo tea. I haven't had bobo tea in a while. Um, are you right. a fan of the bobo tea? Not Did really. Did you have the no. bobo tea? Okay. Yeah. I've had bobo before. Yeah. Um, no, I don't know about having. I don't like the whatever. Uh, what that are is. they? What are the? What is that? It's tapioca. Oh, bowl, tapioca. Actually. Exactly. Tap, tap. I remember the first time I had it. I thought, okay, this is cool. And all of a sudden, you swallow this weird bulbous yeah. thing, and you kind of freak out. But I mean, yeah. it's, it's, I mean, whatever you like it, I ain't against it. I'm not saying don't do it. It does remind me a little bit of like the novelty drinks when I was growing up. We did there's stuff that had like floating little, what was it called? Orbs or orbits or something. There's one yeah, where yeah, it's yeah. like little orange pellets in there. It looks like, like birdshot. It was orange <laughs> and spongy and you drink that. It's like, this is weird. I don't know. Yeah. Fun. I mean, it's, you know, it's fun. If you like it more power to you. I know plenty of people do, but it's, it's not really my cool. thing. Yeah. Yeah, and then, so. um, let's see, I also was privileged to sit in on a UC Health uh, their, uh, webinar, if you will, and they were talking about the vast expansion that's going to go on over there. I mean, a four-story building, apartments, houses. I mean, it's going to be a major medical this facility is over there. 119? So that's exactly, 119 and County Line Road. Okay. Um, amazing that that is, I mean, just the transformation of that corner that's going to happen. Yeah, you're going to see that's some wild. retail over there. You're going to see some shops. You're going to see houses, apartments. And, you know, I think this prompts you to think about, I know that the library, what was it? The library was like half the capacity or yeah. you know, like, what yeah, was I it? Just it saw was a built report. for it's like a, this... what, built for a population of like 30,000 or 50,000 or something? Yeah, same with the rec centers around town. Like they're going, yeah, these were built, I mean, some 70s, 80s, whatever it was. And like, it was half the population here. And this is something that I don't often think about because I come from such a small town that's had like the same, like dead flat population for a hundred years. And you go, okay, well we have a rec center. Yeah, it's dated, but like it keeps up, you know, the pool holds water. Uh, weights are the same as they've ever been. Like you pick something up that's heavy. Okay. Um, but when it comes to, this much growth, it's one of those things that people don't always think about. Like, ah, we've got a rec center, what do we need? And it's like, I've been in the rec centers and they get crazy. Like yeah. it can be hard to find the right machine or to find a, you know, a bike or to get in a class. And then there's not enough basketball. There's just all that stuff. So I think there's a lot of amenities that could be um, upgraded that we could, we could vote on and actually vote to, to do. I know that some of that stuff gets contentious. We need an ice rink or not, but I'm in favor of having enough uh, resources for everybody to use without fighting. So, well, and then we also talked about Nancy. I talked to Nancy at the library. We'll try to effort to get her back on because, because just the changes of libraries in general, pretty fascinating. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. like, you know, going and renting a fondue pot or, yeah. you know, or like, tools i mean it's just so fascinating that that's a library or what other libraries are doing around the country so it's yeah i think it's it's cool to stay now. current like that i am so to get back to what we we're talking about though with the expansion of the uc health that's wild i mean i was grousing about it you called me elitist i think because i live at you know, a, a nice area where we have shops and stuff fairly close by and um way out east close to county line road there's not a lot between there and like all the way till you get to i-25 i mean there's just not much on the quarters 
car dealerships and that sort of stuff. But in terms of groceries and well, there's grocery store up there. There's one left. And then, but places to eat, fairly limited, other stuff like that, other amenities. So it probably is needed somewhere over there. So oh, absolutely. Just, yeah. That they're whole having housing county. and shopping and that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Travel that well whole county winter. line road area is just going to just explode. I bet. So in the next yeah. few years. Yeah. It'll be yeah. crazy. I'm curious what I happens see, just on the other side too. So I see that our guest has joined us, so I don't want to keep him waiting. So Ali, uh, thanks so much for joining us, and please help me with the pronunciation of your last name again. Um, Devachi. Devachi. Thanks so much. So yeah. Ali is the president of Realware. Are you the creator as well? Yeah. Yeah. Chief, okay. chief bottle washer, toilet cleaner, all of, all of the above. <laughs> Whatever needs to be done, I let my people do their work. I take care of the. I take dirty work. Right. He's awesome. the, the, the done getter, the getter done. That's donor. right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I want to introduce you to Brady Staffel, who's the co-host of Side Dish. And we just want to thank you so much for joining us. And you can share a little bit about yourself and Realware. And we'll start off with uh, probably asking you really a, a really tough question. What's your favorite sandwich? Mm. Roast beef and provolone. Wow. Just kind of Boy. went right there, didn't he, Brady? I mean, just like that. Just yeah. I'm an East Coast guy, remember? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that's a roast beef and provolone on a on a white uh, sub. That's it. That's uh, amazing. Straight up. Just kind of went right to it. So yeah. Okay. Go okay. Ahead, we okay. We've been having this big discussion about whether a hot dog is a sandwich or not. No, and, not even close. Hot dogs okay. are not sandwiches. <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> so it's a fake rat. <laughs> It's, a big it's an actual bread. <laughs> the thing is, I I don't know by that logic. You're saying your favorite sandwich is a sub, which yeah. is like if you flatten out a hot dog, you know? No, no. Well, saying. you could like you could take the roast beef and provolone and put it on regular rye bread too, and I'd be okay. It's the it's the inside that matters more than the outside. Ah, interesting thought process there. It's the inside that matters. <laughs> what if bread people... is just a conveyance vehicle? That's yeah. all. What if you, okay, I got it. <laughs> so we'll get back to like. I could eat stuff. roast beef and provolone inside two pieces of lettuce, and I would be good. I See, would there again, I told I, I told Brady that was a sandwich, and he really did not like that at all. What if you that, took and split hot dogs in half and laid them two by two? Well, then that's just bologna. That's bologna. <laughs> in more ways than one I now i just want to ask about rolling up baloney and like exactly. whatever oh my All gosh right. so ali um let's let's get to you a little bit so i believe your your narrative is you're from baltimore correct you're east coast new east jersey coast guy? new jersey so i grew up right. in new york uh yeah. not the city upstate about uh, two hours out of new york okay um and uh had most of my entrepreneurial um, spark there. So I started a few companies there and, and sold those. Uh, we moved to New Jersey about 15, 16 years ago, uh, finished, uh, got a couple of our kids off and out of the house and then, uh, had, uh, we have a still a young, we have a 12 year old who now is with us here in Boulder area in Longmont. And, uh, yeah, so that's, that's been the story. I mean, Realware, I don't know if I told you this, but Realware really started as a hobby for me. After I'd sold my second company, I wanted to just help people. And I needed a way to, um, I needed a vehicle to do that. So consulting, you always want some sort of protection, right? No matter what, you need something that you can insure. So Realware really was just that. I did a lot of turnaround consulting, a lot of startup coaching and mentoring. Uh, and then people just kept asking me to do more. I mean, I really didn't want to, um, but I was there to help. And so when they said, 
you designed it. Now we want you to help manage, build it. I, you know, I said no a lot. And then finally someone broke me down and I said, yes. And then I, we started doing a lot of that. And then uh, we want you to build it and we want you to host it. So then I said no a lot. And then we, we built that. So eventually we, we ended up, uh, I've got about 50 people now spread across uh, the world. We have clients in every um, area, uh, mostly in Europe, the US and South America. Um, but we do have clients in Asia. We have clients in um, Canada, et cetera. And but, why did you pick Why did you pick Lama to come here? Uh, it was really a lark, honestly. Uh, there, uh, we came out to Boulder um, to visit. We looked at the, the the idea was we wanted to move somewhere where Zara could stay in a Waldorf environment because we really have latched on to that mentality of teaching heart, hands, and head, right? Not just regurgitation education. So um, this area from Denver all the way up through Fort Collins has so many Waldorf schools, it's ridiculous compared to the rest of the country, even in other tech areas where you would think it would be a big thing. It's a thousand percent more choice, basically. So I, had no, and I, came, I, I actually had, had no idea of that. I just thought Waldorf schools were pronounced everywhere. I didn't realize nope. that we were so... We looked at Austin because my daughter moved to Austin. So we were like, let's go to Austin. There was one Waldorf school in all of Austin. Holy cow. A huge area. And there's only one. So a lot of early childhood. So we, we didn't need early childhood. So a lot of people experience Waldorf in the pre-first grade. And then they go off to other areas. They go, go to public, et cetera. But we wanted the entire experience for her to go through even high school if she wants. So anyway, we came out to Boulder. We spent the weekend, a long weekend, her and I. Um, we fell in love with it, fell in love with the area. We f I love skiing and I wanted my kids to have more winter sports because in the Northeast you get all the crappy weather, but you don't get any of the benefits. <laughs> Here, you can have the snow and everything else, but you get all the benefits. You can go out and ski, you can go out and snowmobile, ice skate. You know, you can do the things that I did when I was a kid, <laughs> you know, living in upstate New York. Right. Uh, so then we just basically went back. I kind of said, why are we, why did we go back? We like, I, I own the company where we're totally remote. I've, we've been remote for 15 years. Um, and so I just ripped the bandaid off. We looked at a bunch of houses. I was focused originally on Broomfield, uh, you know, right sort of between Boulder and Denver. So I could be closer to the airport. And I just had this one little dot on my search, which was at up at McIntosh Lake. Um, and it was the last house we looked at. And I basically looked at it. I called my wife. I said, let's just buy this one. <laughs> and and uh, 30 days later, cool. we were living in Longmont. <laughs> um, because we had the lake, she wanted water. So Colorado was a hard sell for me. Yeah. My wife loves the ocean, right? So uh, being away, like right where we live in New Jersey, she was 40 minutes from the ocean. She could jump yeah. in the car with traffic, yeah. be, it, be, it the, be at the yeah. shore. Um, but, well, that and really, you know, when you when you talk about a lake, that really we don't have a lot of lakes necessarily. Uh, Brady's from Minnesota. Okay. I was born in Minnesota, so really, you know, what we have around here we call ponds, basically. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You know, so. yeah. But it works, so, you know. She can take the does. kayak out. She can. They take the subs out. They they can ride around the lake. They can do all those things. And so absolutely, that's yeah. how I sold it. Come on, Eric, cut me some slack, <laughs> all right? It was. No, it, it's it was it's a, a beautiful sell. area. It was and a hard sell. <laughs> given given the amount of access to water that we've actually got here it's like um and last weekend we drove up to lake uh to grand lake and granby and you know oh, it's it was, gorgeous you know, it was a two-hour yeah. drive taking our time yeah and it was gorgeous up there so no i i won't uh i i cannot undersell 
um, Colorado. I think, uh, I think it's an amazing place. So you've got the mountains, you've got rivers. In fact, yeah. I was telling Brady, I, I took some time off this morning to go fishing, um, St. Vrain. So for me, it's like yeah, everything. I mean, 20 minutes away, I can go fishing. That's really cool. So exactly. Yeah. So that's, you know, I'm not trying to, to, uh, be negative about it at all. No, but, I'm joking. Gosh, when you go to here, like upstate New York and go to, we feel like we got lucky. Yeah, no, it's, to- it's true because I came here from Minnesota, right? And I mean, the, the one thing that I, I wish we had more of was big lakes. But otherwise, yeah. I mean, the weather's nice. Uh, the people are good. All the sun and activities and like, yep. you know, like it's it's a beautiful place to be. Uh, I can grouse about wanting lakes. But if I want lakes again, I, I've got to move back to Minnesota in any I meaningful guess. capacity because it's, it's crazy what you get there. So. I- um, yeah, I love it too. Can't actually, Ollie, it's really the spam that he misses the access to spam. That's really what he misses. So, spam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see. So realware is, is really focused on e-commerce. So you can kind of give us, I mean, I'm, I'm paraphrasing too, from some of the things that either we've conversed about or I've seen on your website. So can you tell us like what you do to help clients? Like what, what specifically do you help um, clients sure. do? So um, I think e-commerce is just one of the things that we deliver. One one of the what we really focus on is um, client outcomes. So when we get engaged, usually um, a customer or a customer's project or a customer's customer, et cetera, has gone off the rails. You know, I get a lot of the phone calls when things are really getting ready to be in a really bad place. So they're not succeeding in some way or another. And really, what we do is we put the focus back on why do you exist? You know, it's not an existential question because people are paying you money for it, right? <laughs> so you, you need to really understand why are people paying you money. And then once we really get a sense for what your value proposition is, then we help re, refactor the business, right? Uh, you know, be, to use a software term. So we redesign or we refactor or we just nudge in certain directions to make sure that um, you are really delivering on your promises first, right? And so if, if you start there that you, you either believe you're delivering on your promises or you are delivering on your promises, then the rest becomes pretty easy when you start thinking about how do you run your business? How do you communicate with your clients, customers, whichever term you want to use? And getting all of that aligned is a lot of what we do before we even talk about technology, whether it's B2B, B2C, it's e-commerce, it's a software platform internally to facilitate communication. That's really the crux of our that's our value proposition. When customers get involved with us, they're surprised to hear us say in the first meeting, no, you don't need another piece of software. No, you don't need another web platform. What you need is to understand why people are paying you. So is it trying to, help, it's trying to help them figure out either what their brand is or what their appeal is or really what their... I'm trying to help this for our... Yes, so it goes beyond brand. I think brand is part of your value proposition. It should support your value proposition. Mm -hmm. But it's really about... under. So like I said, the first step is really getting clear understanding. Why does your customer do business with you? Mm -hmm. Right? What are the three to five things? Tell me what you believe the three to five things are that you deliver as value. Because when they give you a dollar, they're expecting to get more than a dollar's value back or else they would do it themselves. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So what is that? What is that that you're giving them? You know, are you giving them uh, productivity? Are you giving them time to market? Are you giving them, you know, um, you know, vanity? You know, what is it like? Depending on the type of business, what is it that you're really delivering for your customer? And could it be like experience? It could be an experience or something like that, sure. or a, a feeling, or a, exactly or maybe less exactly. tangible than saying, "Hey, I get you know four products for the price of five or whatever. Correct. Like yeah. a person doesn't buy. Um, 
you know, beyond Maslow's principles, people don't buy products because of the tangible, tangible effect, right? Yeah. They buy products because of the intangibles, right? There's an old saying from the days when I was on uh, Madison Avenue, greed, vanity, fear, right? If you break it all down, that's the three things that drive every purchase. Look at all the marketing you, you see today. You can align all, all of it, all of the TV advertising you see, everything <laughs> on greed, vanity, and fear, because that's what they drive from. That's what they are looking for as the base instincts that they're trying to tap into. Now we don't do, we're not looking at driving FUD or, you know, any of that type of behavior, but I really want to understand. So if you're selling someone a pair of eyeglasses, what, what is the benefit? Do they really, do they really care? Like I say to my teams, which we're all propeller heads, nobody cares that you write code. Nobody cares that we deliver secure servers. Nobody cares that we can scale something out to infinity because of our technology. That's not why they hire us, right? The reason they hire us is they want to have a, they want their business to grow. They want it to be profitable. They want to be able to have no limitations, no artificial limitations based on their uh, technology, right? The worst thing I can see when I go into a business is that the tech guys are running the show, whether you know it or not, right? The sales and sales and marketing team is trying to change direction and the tech guy said, no, it's going to take six months or yeah. it's going to take yeah. 12 months or that. And that's the death of a business basically. Right. Yeah. Now, now, do you go into a business with, uh, and help me, I'm sorry, I'm just asking these questions like sure. I'm in eighth grade. So, no, it's fine. Um, and for our listeners too, as well. So do you go into these conversations with say, uh, can you give me an example of say somebody who says, Hey, we sell X, Y, and Z. And then you go, do you go in there and say, you know, from our perception, it doesn't look like you're selling X, Y, and Z. Or it doesn't sell, it doesn't say that you're selling an experience or, or do you let them tell you what they're selling and then you try to help them amplify that rather than you're not like the the kind of the marketing gurus who say no 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 you're not you're not selling these things these things adequately or effectively do you have do you understand so what we, i'm yeah, saying we're, yeah exactly so we're not we're not going we don't come in with any preconception right we do a little bit of research when we get brought in um to a situation that's usually, like I said, not a great situation. Uh, we, of course, will do our research, but ultimately our job is to do additional research and analysis internally. So yeah, we want to understand at the, depending on how big the organization is, right? The, the majority of the companies that we work with um, are bigger than us usually. Yeah. Right. Um, that's why they've lost their way. You know, if you look at a micro business, someone, what we consider someone less than 15 employees, um, they have a much easier time staying on track because they have, it's a force of will at that point. You have a founder or a CEO or whoever the sole proprietor is. They're driving that vision that, that uh, I hate to even use the word vision. They're driving that mentality, that culture through just be, because of their own behavior, because they're touching everybody all the time. But what I want to do is I want to understand, like, I want to talk to everyone. And one of the things we do, which is different for us, is we talk to everyone, no matter how big the company is. So I want to ask the same question to every single person in the organization and make sure I'm getting at least no more than one standard deviation from the CEO's answer in, in the response, right? And if there's any headroom or any gap in that, in that response, then that's an area we need to talk about. But ultimately, I take those answers and then I, we won't engage with a customer who won't let us talk to their customers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then the next step is to talk to their customers and say, why do you do business with X company? 
or X business? What value are you getting from them? What is it that you think you're buying? Or what is it that you believe you're buying from them? And then I, there's a huge hope that out of the gates that there's some um, overlap between what the customer says they're buying and what the company thinks they're selling. And right? do you find that? And do you find that most clients are, <clears throat> excuse me, that when you interview the, the the customers or clients and their employees and others, their their customers and that sort of thing, do you find that they're they're mostly on track with some of the values or some of the things they believe they're selling? but they've just lost their way because they've gotten so big or something's changed or, or is it, Um, is that usually the case that you have to kind of help flesh that back out again or help them get passionate about that? Or is that a fair statement or is that unfair? um, I think it's certainly fair. It's just, you know, it's a, it's a uh, problem of degrees. Mm -hmm. I think that uh, it, it all depends on how big the organization has become. What we find is that, um, there's a, there's a, uh, it's almost always a culture problem, um, as businesses transition between different sizes. Um, so you have this issue of, uh, hyper-localization within the groups themselves. So you have the CEO and the people that he's hired to represent him. If he or she has done a good job, then you have, you don't have as much of an issue, but if he or she has hired a lot of people like themselves, then you have typically that's where the communication stops and then you become another top-down organization, right? And what we see in these companies that are start to fail is you have this hierarchy that's, a, that's attempted to be, that they, that they attempt to impose, right? It's an imposed hierarchy. Mm-hmm. And as the companies get bigger and the, thing, and the solutions get more complicated, I mean, if it's a simple, maybe a, the simple is the wrong word, but let's say it's manufacturing of a widget. It can be highly process-driven, highly codified. This doesn't become such a big deal. Right. But it still helps to drive productivity if the person who's doing even a single task on the line understands that whatever product this is going into has these benefits when the customer gets their hands on it. Right. Yeah. There's a a greater need for people, regardless of whether they're software developers or engineers developing, you know, uh, commercial, you know, consumer products. What why am I doing this? Like there's a why that we ask ourselves as human beings maybe not every day, but some people every day, some people every once in a while. <laughs> but if you want like that, the, you know, self-awareness is key, right? And that's, I think, something I didn't mention earlier. What I'm looking for when I accept a client is what level of self-awareness are they willing to accept? Well, it sounds like they're, you need to have them they're willing to accept to be poked and prodded, so to speak, by Absolutely. their employees as well as their customers. Correct. And I think that's pretty cool rather than saying that they know what's best and they just want you to execute it. Right. Yeah. And when they say that, because those words will come out of their mouth sometimes after they, <laughs> they make it past our filter and then that comes out of their mouth, I would the first response for me very directed and pointedly is, I wouldn't be here if you knew what you were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Here, hold on. Why don't you stand there? Put your arms out. I'm going to punch yeah. you in the gut real quick. That's yeah. right. <laughs> Sometimes that's what you need, though. I mean, you need to get, you know, sometimes you got to fall in the lake before you realize you need a life jacket. That's right. (laughs) That's exactly right. Sometimes they're just breathing by their nose when I get there. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's a fire, it's a fire drill all the way. But yeah, I mean, ultimately, we, the first job, our first job is to make sure that you have a clear understanding of what's in front of you. That's the first job. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in, until we believe that you understand that, then um, uh, then we're not going to start making changes because we can't. You can't start making even the smallest changes until you can look in the mirror and understand, yeah, we're doing this really well. We're doing this really bad. And we need to bring this forward to keep this, you know, keep this moving in the right direction. Well, you got to find people who are really um, probably got thick skins. I imagine. The problem is we usually have to give them the thick skin. Really? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you think, just think about a person, if a person has a thick skin, they are probably pretty self-aware. That's how they got the thick skin. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the people that are uh, still sort of living off of the successes of the past um, and cannot address the changing environment, whatever that might be, they're the ones that have the are the hardest to coach and mentor into the new world. And sometimes we have to show them the door. I mean, it's it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So I view my job is I if you hire me and you have 300 people there or 400 or 5,000 or whatever, my job is to save as many of those jobs as I can. By, set, by doing that, I can turn the company around. So if that means I've got to snip a couple guys over here and there because they're toxic or they don't get it or they're never going to change, or as soon as we leave, they're going to just put things back, then I, that's, that's is, that is the cost of, of mm-hmm. that. It's rare, and I will tell you, in 20 years of doing this, I have rarely had to move people along that were below the vice president level. Wow. Wow. It's almost always a leadership problem. Yeah. Because bad leadership is bad culture means you're just not getting stuff done that, that is going to develop, that is going to deliver for the business, which is delivering for the customer, which is delivering for the, the broader base of the business as well. It reminds me when I used to previous, my previous job is I was consulting to nonprofit organizations and foundations and nonprofits. We would get calls saying, Hey, we need to raise more money. We need to raise more money. And, <laughs> and I can tell you nine times out of 10, when you got there it was leadership, but was nothing to do with mm-hmm. money. Money solves a lot of things, but it doesn't solve leadership. So yeah. It was money papers over things until you start running out of it. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. No sandwiches anymore. Can't buy no, the sandwiches. That's right. That's right. You can't afford the meat, just the bread. Yeah. So I think if you think about us, really, we're sort of a Microsoft and a McKinsey bolted together. So we do this. We do the hard work up front to understand the business. Doesn't matter how big the client is. And by yeah. the way, we don't charge for a lot of that work because yeah. in my mind, it's all part of the success. Um, and then if there's a solution that's technology, we have lots of technology that we've built, our own intellectual property, every part of the business, every part of running a business short of accounting, we already have that built. So we can deploy it very quickly um, and then manage it and host it. And that's what we call our smart SaaS platform is because it's tailored for you, not just a bunch of off the shelf stuff that you try to make yeah. work because you know that just adds friction and, and everything. Right. Where SaaS is software as a service, right? Correct. Yeah. So nice. We deliver custom, but we deliver it in a capital and operational expense model that is similar to SaaS, meaning you pay monthly, you don't have to worry about support, you don't have to have a whole bunch of IT guys managing it. We take care of all of those things. Sure. Fantastic. So how do people get a hold of you, Ali? So you know, uh, Up until now, we were the best kept secret in the industry. That's, that's what our clients would tell us. <laughs> you had to know me. Basically, you had to know me. It was like one of those things, knock three times on the door and say the passcode. Yeah, but we're, we're good about self-promotion here. So if you want to self-promote, go ahead. You know, if there's a website or... Yeah, or, we have a website. Yeah, we're so yeah. just realware.com. Um, okay. We're actually starting a weekly uh, live stream to 
Uh, we're going to stream it right out of Longmont here. I set up a green screen. I've got a studio and um, we're going to start talking about outcomes. So how to change the outcomes of your business. So it won't be a tech thing. Uh, it will. Well, I guess it will be a little bit of a tech thing, but that's that's our objective in the last in the um, in the last quarter of this year into next year is to be much more um, out there as far as sales and marketing goes. Awesome. But literally before now, if you didn't know me, if you hadn't worked with me prior, we wouldn't even entertain um, doing yeah. work, working for you. Working Word of you. mouth. Word of mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you taking some time. We'll we'll let you we'll let you go here. Um, we are so grateful for you not only spending time with us, but also for you being in the community. I'm really grateful that you've decided to come to Longmont and really help us become a little bit more on the map about what you're doing at Realware. It's pretty awesome. So thank, thank you. you very much. Yeah. Thank you. And any we love fun it here, and we hope to stay for a long time. Well, good. Uh, sans <laughs> the salt water, so that's good. So, any uh, final thoughts about Longmont before we let you go? Uh, I think you know, being an outsider coming here, it's really, really amazing how great it is here. Longmont, particularly the mm -hmm. location. Um, from again, as a tech person, uh, the the amount of infrastructure that's available to do the things that we want to do as a technical company. Um, the cost basis is great. The, the, the culture here is great. The people are fantastic. I mean, it, it's, uh, I was mentioning to someone the other day that I'm working just as hard, if not harder here, but it doesn't feel like it. <laughs> and, and it's really interesting. Yeah, and I was thinking yeah. about that and I feel like it was all the environmental stress and all the other issues that are, that just disappeared when we came out here. So I highly, I, everyone tells me, don't tell anyone back east that it's so great here. But I think we have to tell everyone because we do. Uh, it's a phenomenal place. It really is. I think it people is. are really figuring it out because uh, we're yeah. moving. Yeah, we're <laughs> Build as much housing as possible here. All right, Ollie, thank you so much for joining us. And we'll let you go. And uh, people, check out his uh, website, realware.com. So thanks, Ollie. Thanks, thanks guys. Take care. Bye -bye. You take care. All right. Um, well, you know, so you got another take on sandwiches there, Brady. So we know that <laughs> your hot dog theory is not going to pass mustard. <laughs> but up, bum. Yeah. So yeah, not going to happen. Pass, pass mustard. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so let's see. We got a couple of other things that we wanted to get to. As yeah, far as well, I, I want to mention this first before we get too far afield. Uh, yeah. Spam. Yeah. Spam is made in Minnesota. Yes, I know. I went to the spam. It's wait a minute. Don't tell me. It'll come to me. It'll come to me. I can't remember. Tell me. Austin, Minnesota. Yes, Austin. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm so yes. excited. Uh, all just less than two hours from where I was born. So, yeah, you know what I love? What I love about you is you crack me up because because you didn't know that until just now. No, I knew uh, that. That's oh, okay. I thought you were gonna. No, just, I had to look up I where I was. Look it up. I was like, no, of course it's. Well, I had to look up the like the the physical location because like I've I've driven past the spam. I have too. Yeah. yeah, Austin, yeah. Minnesota. Yeah, right on the border almost. I have never been so. to the museum, the spam museum, which I've heard is pretty. <laughs> of amazing. all the highlights in life, yeah, That's let's go right. to the spam museum. No, there's That's a mustard right. museum. My my college roommate went to, and he, you know, that was great That's for cool. him. So you, you live live your best life. <laughs> Hey, all right, getting back to our buzz, let's see. You mentioned a Thai place last week, and right it's going to be – it's called a Thai Sticky Rice. It's okay. 510 Third Avenue. Mm -hmm. um, they're boasting curries, um, Thai food. They're also going to do a Japanese food, it looks like, some udon soup, which is pretty cool. Really? That's an so, odd mix. Yeah, it is an odd mix, actually. Oh. So it'll be um, varied, but you know, I don't think they're open yet because they just posted their menu like just a couple of days ago. I, you know, I so. think that's in the old Johnny spot. And again, yep. with the hot dogs, um, it's they just they just shut down. So there's got to be some transition 
yeah. I don't know what else. Johnny's sandwiches and hot dogs. There's got to be a big transition from from um, food like that into making Thai food. So there, yeah. there may be some uh, behind the scenes stuff going on that needs to be swapped out. So wish them all the best. Um, I, I look forward to trying Thai food eventually uh, there. There's places in town that I like, but you live in old town. Eh, it'd be nice to walk somewhere. Once it in would a while. be. Yeah, yeah. It would be nice. Yeah. And then oh. um, you had mentioned there was an update on the barricades. So we're, they're coming down. As oh well. yeah. The barricades. So they're coming down, but not all of them, which I think is kind of weird. So they're going to take them down. Something until November 2nd looks like right in that area. So they're going to keep them up for a while. Yeah. And then they're going to leave a couple up in front of uh, the pump house and they're going to leave one up on the other side in front of La Vida Bella. So you and I were talking off air. It's like, well, what's the point of taking some down? Because you still got to drive through, hit one lane, then go back to two lanes both yeah. ways. My big theory is, say, at least you can go through a few of the traffic lights as two lanes so you can pump more cars per light cycle through there. So... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it'll be interesting, but you know, I think anything to do to help the restaurant community is a good thing. So, yeah. Um, and then finally, I'm I'm saving the best for last, though. Oh, the boy, Harry Potter themed bar that you're. Talking about. <laughs> this isn't even Longmont, but I lost my mind when I saw this. Yeah, so it's somewhere in Denver's doing a pop up bar. So if anybody remembers, um, if we have any long time listeners, which yeah, who knows? We do, we do. Uh, do, we do you say so, but I mean, I don't, <laughs> who sticks around for this mess? Uh, but yeah, so if we have any long time listeners, you'll know that on Main Street there was a pop up sock store, which just means there's an existing space. They went in there, set up a sock store in that space. They're doing a similar thing with the bar, and it's a Harry, Harry Potter thief. Wizard Bar, and if you want to know a lot about this, go do it yourself because it's not Longmont based. But they're gonna, you're gonna you like pay your thing, you get to you get a robe at the door, uh, and probably like <laughs> wands and other paraphernalia. They give you that, and then they like potion mixing, and so like I guess you learn to make drinks, or they like make drinks, and there's pictures of like these you know, like alembics, you know, and like um, mortar and pestle, that kind of stuff, like all this like fancy potion making junk and they're going to set it all up. It's all themed. And you see pictures of people with their <laughs> wands pointed at stuff. And it's just like, okay, like you're all adults, obviously, because we're 21 and over. Right. But it's like, I, if you want to spend your night like that, have a blast. It's like the LARPers we were talking about a while ago where they had the, the whole LARPing thing. You want to go have fun. I ain't going to stop you. That's uh, awesome. Dry ice, you know, atmosphere, whatever. So there's a potion making. It's going to be in Denver. But you know what? I well, My one question about that is, is like how those, those robes, like, I kind of get a made of the mist Niagara Falls kind of feeling there. Like those things are going to be really gross after a while. And, you know, I, you know, I gotta say, well, I don't want to disparage too much the average Harry Potter fan. Oh gosh, we're gonna lose fan. all of our listeners. <laughs> so, I thought yeah. our listeners were all like septuagenarians and octogenarians. No, but... no, no. We got some. Oh, no, I mean, I, God bless them. I've actually never read them. I was gonna buy the books and I couldn't find them at the used bookstore. I've never been through it. I hear they're great. Whatever. So I'm not disparaging because I love Lord okay, of the Okay, audience, I, I have to apologize for Brady not knowing this because it's totally in his wheelhouse. But anyway, go ahead. You'd yeah. think, but like, yeah. I mean, you get your average nerdy guy. As you know, I consider myself you know, a big nerd at heart, but maybe a bit sweatier than most. So I don't know. I'm there with you. I, I hope they launder these things frequently, uh, you know, <laughs> bi-weekly or whatever. Uh, looks fun. It's 40 bucks. Uh, it's by the Wizard Den. They're going to be open January 3rd to March something, whatever. 
uh, in Denver, 40 bucks, and then you get like the whole kit and caboodle. So really quickly, as far as details, because we've got Joe who harasses us about details. So take a shot. Do you have Joe, a website or do you have a website or no, anything? Go look up the, the whatever, the Wizard's Den. Wizard Denver. bar, something like that. Yeah, okay. something like that. It's just the Wizard's Den pop-up bar coming to Colorado. Nice. I thought that nice. was pretty compelling. All right. So let's see. Events. We actually have some events this time. Oh, hot. That's diggity. crazy. So the Strider Rider Bike Race is September yeah. 30th. And I thought this was the coolest thing in the world because this is for uh, little schoolers kids, ages two to five. Two to five, yeah. Two to five. I thought it was adults and I was going to be really excited, but no, it's for preschool. <laughs> <laughs> it's for two to five. You know what they should have is the follow-up. Uh, they should have they should. Uh, adults on kids' bikes. Can you imagine? I just mean, that's like, a great fundraising event too. Just you like know? breaking your coccyx trying exactly. to win. You, know, you win like a six-pack of left-hand brewing or something. Uh, yeah, so, so it's – so a uh, Strider bike is those two-wheel glider bikes. They don't have pedals. Yeah. Yeah. So they're preschools, age children that they learn to ride, basically. And it says, let's see, get a taste of sportsmanship, camaraderie, and the excitement of riding with others their own age. The emphasis for this race is fun. Limited spots are available. It is ages 2 to 5, 9.30 a.m., Saturday, October 3rd, Willow River Farm Park. You do have to register, so if you go to the city of Longmont, you know, I can't give the address because it'll be rec services, no, it's but be it'll be one of those longer, long. yeah, thousand long. Get but. Ollie maybe to help the city with their That's link right. shortening because, <laughs> geez, right. my yeah. God, news slash news slash <laughs> large string of numbers slash <laughs> numbers. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Thank and then you. the other one, too, that I think is interesting is, well, there's a few that are interesting in the rec, rec catalog. Youth and adult drumming comes back. So mm. ages 10 plus, Tuesdays, October 6th through the 27th. <laughs> Isaac Walton Club's out. Yeah, okay. it is, yeah. yeah, so it's, it's across the street from the pot shop, which yeah. I gotta love. You gotta love it. It's like uh, you, you got, we would drive past, and again, like do whatever you want because I sit and play video games, so I can't disparage somebody who gets like drums and builds up a technical skill. But like, it's so know, on the nose. Got, is what you're you gonna got, say? It's on the, well, it's on saying, the nose. You got, you got you got like a big old bongo. You wheel it out of your truck right across the street from the pot shop. I just think it's a funny picture. It's a little funny slice of life. I'm sure they're all happy and sober over there. There's probably no correlation, but as the two just paired next to each other, it's kind of a funny thing. So um, maybe drums and pot shops go like farmers markets and folk music. You know, I told you the farmers market. <laughs> yeah, you know, to me, it's, it's like, can we get some '80s or '90s music there? You know, like grunge metal or something like that at a farmers market. You just that would totally like, throw the farmers market like a in a loop. Station aimed at boomers. Yeah. That's in the '70s, '80s, and today. <laughs> None of that folk crap your parents listen to. Right. And then finally, pickleball is coming back. Pickleball. Oh, do you know what pickleball is? I do. Yeah, you get you get a plastic ball. And you get a plastic paddle, and it's sort of like tennis, and there's like four squares, and it's just, I don't know. I guess it's good for, like, if you're not super fit or you're, you know, you're <clears throat> advancing in years, um, and, you, you know, tennis is maybe a bit much. Um, yeah, thanks like, for disparaging me. I was so excited about this pre-COVID. I was going <laughs> to sign gonna... up for pickleball Look, after man. I turned 55, and, and then it went away because of the pandemic. So I'm, here I am excited, and you're just disparaging me. I'm, gonna just, I'm just going to write in the soup. I'm just going to drop gonna drop this one. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, again, do whatever you want. You know, I don't really yeah. care. Like, I, again, I've been playing video games, like, really get really sweaty. And like, ah, you know? And it's like people, when I grew up, that was so nerdy. I, got, I took so much slack or stick for being just kind of a big dork. And now, like, there's this whole culture. Esports is a multi-million, if not billion-dollar industry. It's a whole thing. You know, like, do what you want. 
it, yeah. it doesn't matter. Just yeah. enjoy you, do you. That's and, true. Peace and love, as we always say. Peace and love peace and to love. those who want to do you certain say things. That a lot. So. Do you have um, other news, other events, anything else? Should we wrap uh, it up? I mean, there's other small stuff. Uh, you saw in the, the cities. The, the fun one we mentioned already was registered for more beer archaeology. So that's still going on. Uh, Excuse me. Wait a minute. Whoa. Hard turn there. Register for what? Beer archaeology. Okay, so I'm supposed to drink beer and then dig for fossils or something? Is that what you're saying? Sure, you do that. And then meanwhile, at the museum, there's going to be a beer archaeologist, Travis Rupp. He's returning virtually to the library from 7-8 on Thursday, October 8th, with his presentation, Beer as a Remedy and Scapegoat oh, okay. into Antiquity. So, yeah, I think you do that. And then um, I think in the in-person one, they had they had different beers. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a fun one. That's like a virtual thing I could see myself getting into. A lot of these are like, well, all right, you know, do I need to knit in like with my camera on? I thought it was a kegger with old bones, but you know, so old. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's just funny. Oh my God. So you go to the park, you just have somebody bury like, like bone chips and stuff in the sandbox and everybody gets a six pack and you just like, whoever comes in with the most bone fragments. I tell you, we're coming up with some good adult ideas here. The Strider bike event with kids, bicycles, plus the archaeology thing. Oh, I know at the old, the old, the schoolhouse, uh, on like sixth and, um, whatever it is, the old one, it's not a school anymore. There's a big gravel pit in there, like, like where there must've been, playground equipment or something it's it's really big yeah just bury bury fossils heavy use of air quotes and bury fossils in there at the that'd be kind of fun that'd yeah be- and then you could find you know like 50 buck coupon or something in there. I don't know. <laughs> you drunk <Okay>. digging the <laughs> we, sand we digress let's right. get out of here let's get out of here yeah this is getting exactly. back so as always want to say thanks so much to andy epler for our intro music um thanks to jessica carson from clandestine amigo for uh, long gone and you can find us on stitcher spotify apple Podcasts, wherever you download your pod content reach out to us at any time at side dish at gmail.com tell us a hot dog's a sandwich you know tell <laughs> us what a sandwich is we really don't yeah. care and send us <laughs> the same email address or rant and rave about things you heard on the show or send thing. us money go to our website and give us money <laughs> Just stop plugging the money thing. We're no, I won't. I'm shameless. You don't have to do it. I'll do it. Thousand cents. <laughs> Thanks for Ali Devachi from Realware. We are really happy to have him on the show today. And as always, thanks, Brady. Thanks, Eric. <laughs>